You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. For joining us here at Grab Them by the Pod for this, our first episode of the calendar year 2018. I am Kevin, along with Jesse, and we've got a doozy for you tonight, folks. Donald Trump is at it again to ring us into the new year. Jesse, what do you got for us? I want to tell everybody that, yes, this episode is going to be highly uh, involved with Twitter. Uh, Congress is just getting back. We've all been enjoying some time, hopefully, with our families or suburring ring in the New Year's. Uh, so the only person who's really been going at it has been our commander-in-chief. So, uh, and, and he started just a few minutes ago. We have a whole rundown. We have a whole um, kind of thing ready to go before the episode starts our recording. But uh, that is all thrown into a tizzy when uh, President Trump decides he wants to start tweeting. So two things, Kevin. I want to get your uh, just you know, immediate opinion because we're just seeing these basically right now for the first time. First of all, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button is on his desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I, too, have a nuclear button, but it is much bigger and more powerful than his, and my button works? If ever there was a man with a tiny set of hands. <laughs> Always got to be bigger and better. I, I just – this guy <laughs> – I don't know. I guess I keep dreaming and, and hoping that it's going to get better, but it only gets worse. Well, it really freaks me out when I see things like this. Like, it's not like he's yelling at CNN or the New York Times uh, or you know, a celebrity. He's poking a bear in Kim Jong-un who uh, – he has a nuclear weapon. He is deranged. And if you push him too hard, he might just say, screw it and, and start shooting at us. Like, it's – He's going to Twitter doing his shtick, but putting our entire country and possibly the world at at risk. It's scary. Wait a minute there. I thought you were just describing President Trump. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> Two peas in a pod they are. Well, again, you know, if, if Kim Jong-un said, I bet you won't press your button, he'd be like, oh, I'll show you and do it. Uh, we, we joke around with it. But, I mean, it's <sighs> – it's kind of like how Popeye would say after a while, you know, I have stands or I could stands and I can't stands no more. And then Kim Jong-un might just say, screw it all, and hit the button. And then you know, he has a button. And I saw, I saw someone tweet out that if you gave him a giant button that was blue with a little bird on it and said it was a tweet button, maybe he'd be more involved in that and just forget about the other button. Yeah, there's an idea for you. Yeah. So then a few minutes after that, he tweeted out, uh, I will be announcing the most dishonest and corrupt media awards of the year at Monday at 5 o'clock. Subjects will cover dishonesty and bad reporting in various categories from the fake news media. Stay tuned. That seems like a really good use of uh, the president of the United States and the leader of the free world's time, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, and we have a long and storied history of presidents announcing the fake news awards. What is with this guy? It's getting to the point where I think people just, yeah, it's Trump being Trump, whatever. But uh, as we, told, we we spoke with someone recently, hopefully the interview will see air sooner than later. But we said, you know, we, we can't let this stuff be normalized. We we can't just say it's Trump being Trump because it's insane. The president, I mean, whether you liked Bush, whether you liked Reagan, whether you liked Clinton, whether you liked Carl, whatever, Obama, none of them would do this. I mean, maybe they do it at like the... At the uh, you know the the press or the the press dinner you know when they all joke and they roast each other and stuff, but he's 
a president with a 35% approval rating. Uh, he's pushing the leader of North Korea about nuclear weapons. And now he wants to you know, waste time just talking about how the media doesn't like him and start roasting them. It's, it's really insane. It's crazy. Well, Jesse, you and I are both uh, big Red Sox fans, and, and we were fans in the time of Manny Ramirez. And, and people used to say all the time, well, that's just Manny being Manny, right? He was a little eccentric, a little odd, a little different, but he could play ball, and so we, we loved him anyway. The difference here is the president of the United States, the leader of the free world, cannot afford to just be Trump being Trump because his actions have ramifications the world over. And if you say anything to him about this is unpresidential, this is bad, he'll just start yelling at you and saying, see, you're part of the dishonest fake news media. Many people are talking about why these awards are so great. Um, I, I saw uh, – I think it was – uh, John Favreau from uh, from the uh, you know the, our our competitors I would say um, said they should, they should call it the Foxies because I'm sure you know Fox won't get any of them it'll all be MSNBC CNN uh, New York Times Washington Post so and let's not call them our competitors that's too you know too much animosity why don't we call them our contemporaries our contemporaries yeah you know if, if you love us uh, go listen to Pop and Save America there's a better chance you've heard them and you're finding us for the first time. But uh, they worked in the White House. I just worked in the Senate. Sorry. I, I almost got there, but uh, then left Washington, D.C. And I am but a lowly school teacher. <laughs> hey, there's nothing lowly. You're, you're shaping the minds of the next generation so that we don't have another President Trump. Thank you. I appreciate that. You better do a good job. But we, we have till next Monday at 5 p.m. I'm assuming that's Eastern time. So we have a whole week where I'm sure he's going to be promoting this and talking about it rather than doing his job uh, in between rounds of golf. You know how it goes with yeah. the president. A little cold in Washington right now, so he'll have to spend more taxpayer dollars to fly down to Mar-a-Lago. Of course, of course. So that's what's happening in the White House right now. Uh, things in Congress – Maybe going a little better, we're going to see. Uh, according to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, they're going to be focusing on bipartisanship as we move forward to 2018. Uh, McConnell had said we're going to go uh, look into areas of bipartisan agreement because that's the way the Senate is. And, you know, Kevin, uh, my my past campaign for town council bipartisanship was a big part of it. I'm a really big fan of bipartisanship. Um, for all my hope that this is going to go in the right direction, um, I, I'm just not – Holding my breath, I'm not necessarily buying what McConnell is selling here. Right. You know, it's bipartisanship now. That's what the Senate's all about, except for the Obama presidency when they were trying to make him one-term president and refused to work with Democrats at all. Then it was, you know, okay to not be bipartisan. But but now, now we must be because that's what they're all about and that's what they're there for. You know, if, if he and the GOP seem like they want to be a little more bipartisan now, uh, maybe because they don't have a choice. Now Doug Jones is a sitting senator. Uh, the Senate split is now 51-49 between Republicans and Democrats. So there's really like little room for error. Uh, I mean, it's going to be almost impossible for a lot of these major, uh, major things to go through without having at least a little Democratic support. McConnell's statement also may have something to do with uh, something that's happening in 2018, the rapidly approaching midterm elections as of this point, does not look good for House Republicans. And the Senate, you know, that's more of a toss-up, but it's getting worse for them by the day. So uh, maybe they are, they see their approval rating going down the tube and realize, you know what, maybe we have to be the uh, the party of bipartisanship as opposed to the party of going it alone. Well, certainly the Democrats would seem to have the momentum heading into this year. And you're right, Jess, it is 2018. This is the year. Alas, you know, it won't be till November. But, you know, these campaigns are going to start ramping up and we have the potential for a shift in the seat of government. So 
you know, we shall see. But certainly the Republicans are going to want to play it cool because they can't afford to keep losing as they did in New Jersey and Virginia and now Alabama. What are you talking about? If you listen to the president, all they do is win. All they do is win. Cue the music. <laughs> I was just Democrats, of course, are open to this and would like to see a bipartisan process move along in Congress and in the Senate and the House. I mean, they have immigration, public works, domestic spending, all these things uh, that are going to be important this year. And they'd like to work with Republicans. At least that's what they're saying. Uh, but after the last years, I can't blame the Democrats. if They're going to be a little skeptical. Uh, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, said Senate Republicans have spent a year writing bills without any Democratic input that hurt the middle class and please their wealthy, hard right benefactors. Uh, there is a chance for a bipartisan for bipartisanship, but only if the Senate Republicans reverse course, tell their hard right benefactors that they can't dictate policy and genuinely work with Democrats. And I'd say I agree with that. Yeah, they they really do want to please their very wealthy right wing donors, like the Koch brothers, who put on a spectacular fireworks show for New Year's down in Florida. Did you hear about that? No, I did not. I must have missed that one. Yeah, apparently uh, President Trump was down at Mar-a-Lago and he threw a very lavish uh, New Year's party. And uh, also during the week that he was down there, he told some of his supporters, you're all about to get even richer. Uh, You know, I don't uh, I don't hate on these guys for wanting to help out their supporters. That's how the game is played. I mean, that's been going on since this whole process began. Uh, But you can't do it at the expense of the American people. That's the problem. You can slip things in there to help out your buddies. Again, both sides have done that for a long time. But uh, when you pass this tax bill, when everybody, the Democrats, the uh, non-partisan people are all saying it's bad, they do it. That's when you get called out, and that's what's going to kill them in the 2018 midterm elections. They've been doing what's right for themselves, not what's right for the people that they were elected to represent. Yeah. And, you know, there's already problems on the horizon, this whole uh, DACA thing that's coming up this year. We're going to be talking about it a little later. Uh, so I, I'd love to think that everybody's going to be holding hands and singing Kumbaya. Uh, I'm just not buying it. I don't see it happening anytime soon. And if the Democrats take control of Congress, I don't see it happening then. You know, it's a it's kind of like a pendulum. It goes back and forth. And both sides seem to forget how they were they were uh, treated when they were the minority. And then when they become the majority, it's they, you know, absolute power corrupts kind of. Well, it's because they spend the entire time when they're in the minority gearing up for what they would do if they had the control. And then they get there and you're right, they're absolutely, you know, they end up being corrupted as well. So it's something that we really would have to see in order to believe. And there are varying degrees. It's not all black and white, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we have, God, looking at the calendar, when is when is election day this year? Let's take a quick look here. It's so far away, it seems. So election day this year in November is going to be on the 6th. So we're still a little more than 10 months away. Uh, though as we get a little closer, it's going to seem like it's just everywhere. It's how it goes. Every presidential election, every midterm election, I'm always really excited for it to come because I love this political stuff, and I'm always so happy to see it go because I'm so sick and tired of hearing both sides. And with the way our president does things these days, it's probably going to be even worse than normal. We shall see. We shall see. So while we were off, 
Uh, on December 28th, Trump went again during in between one of his many, 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 many golf games, uh, gave kind of an impromptu half an hour interview to the New York Times. He did it without any other staff being there. Ooh, uh, very dangerous, yeah. Donald. I, I don't even think he told the staff he was doing it. And reports our staff isn't really too happy with him, which, I mean, I I don't blame them. Um, I would not be happy either if he was. I mean, someone should tell him that Sarah Palin is the rogue. He can't go rogue. That's her. That's her deal. But uh, I was reading an article by the Washington Post on this. It said Trump made 24 false or misleading claims in the 30-minute interview, which is a rate of uh, one false or misleading claim every 75 seconds. Well, they, that's par for the course. It's for fake a news, though, right? Liar, it's fake know? news. Um, I'm sure that'll get up as one of the number one fake stories of the year because, you know, hey. Uh, we're not going to go through every single one because we'll be here all night, although we are going to go through a good amount of his statements. Um, so let's let's get at it. Trump said, um, I have an absolute right to do what I want to do with, with the Justice Department, but for purposes of hopefully thinking I'm going to be treated fairly, I've stayed uninvolved with this particular matter. So this is basically Trump uh, showing some of his authoritarian tendencies, basically just suggesting he can get rid of Mueller and shut down the investigation if you wanted to. He just doesn't want it right now. But of course, as the uh, as the dog starts circling or the shark starts circling, whatever the correct metaphor is, um, that might change, and we have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah, use of a word like absolute in that statement is very telling in this situation. It speaks to his character and and how much power he believes he has. I mean, someone should ask if people are still alive. Richard Nixon, how that worked out for him when he thought he could do just kind of the same thing. Um, a year later, he was out of office, so you know. Something to watch. Uh, then he said, uh, another reason that I'm going to win another four years is because newspapers, television, all forms of media will tank if I'm not there. Because without me, their ratings are going to go down the tubes. Without me, the New York Times will indeed be the be not the failing New York Times, but the failed New York Times. So they basically have to let me win. And eventually, probably six months before the election, they'll be loving me because they're saying, please, please don't lose Donald Trump. That's crazy. That's nuts. This man is insane. Yeah. Uh, the the media is going to love him because they need him to stay away. No, the media was here before Trump. They're going to be here after Trump unless he tries shutting them down, which is, is out of the real possibility of the way things go. Um, that's not how the media works. He doesn't understand it. He just says crazy things and you know thinks that he's so smart that it makes sense. It, it does not. It's crazy. It's nuts. Again, it's telling of where his mind is. He is the president of the United States, not his character on The Apprentice. Now, and that's not to say that actors and and other TV personalities cannot be politicians, right? To to look at the Republicans, one of their their idols, their heroes is Ronald Reagan, as we know, was a B-movie actor. And he used some of those qualities and characteristics from his acting to make him a better president. But at the end of the day, his mind, when he was president, was on how to do his job to represent the American people and what he believed was the best way to do that. Donald Trump, we can't say that for him. The equivalent would have been if Trump had, or if, uh, Reagan had made the monkey from Bedtime for Bonzo one of one of his like cabinet secretaries. By the way, I, I love that movie. But uh, you know, he he knew that what he did before being a politician was one thing, and this, I mean, other than the Gipper line that he used often. But yeah, it's it's really just nuts. Um, there are a lot of countries out there that have state-run media, who have media that don't let the person lose. And those are places that we try to bring liberty and democracy to. Those aren't places we should be emulating. It's insane that he is suggesting that. Right. Trump spends so much of his time worrying about North Korea and going back and forth with Kim Jong-un. That's, you know, a page out of his playbook. 
Does he not see this? Apparently not. Then he said, I like, I like very much President Xi. Uh, he treated me better than anybody's ever been treated in the history of China. Now, as several people online have pointed out, China is more than 3,500 years old, so that's a stupid claim, and it's just another example. He couldn't just say, you know, they, they treated me really well over there. He had to be, no, the best, better than anybody. It's, it's ridiculous. And by the way, I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot. It's ridiculous. It just keeps coming out of my mouth. I'm sorry. Don't we say that? We say that quite often. He then said, I think it's been proven that there is no collusion. Well, we also know that is not true. The mother investigation is still going on. Maybe there was collusion. Maybe there wasn't. Uh, nothing's been proven yet. That's why they're having the investigation. That's why you don't announce the end of a, a football game until the fourth quarter is over because there's still a game to be played. Um you know, and after that, Trump you know, added even more saying that, OK, there was collusion, but it was between the Democrats and the Russians. What? what, 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 what? The sad reality of all this, Jess, is that there are people there is a percentage of the electorate that believes this when he says this and they just go right on marching down the road, waving Trump signs in the air. And, you know, it just speaks to how important being informed is and to using fact and to being a critical thinker. It's oftentimes a little more than having the facts. There are some people who just don't want to see the facts. There are people who don't want to admit they are wrong. And it's like, oh, we know all presidents lie. Or uh, it, It's no different than what usually goes on. It's just being politics. All politicians are dirty. And you know what? There is some truth to some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, a lot of politicians uh, have half-truths or even tell lies, but not at the level that we're seeing right now, not so blatantly. Again, he's a guy who would go outside and say the sky is green and the grass is blue and then call you a, a fake news liar if you say otherwise. And you have to be possible, you have to be able to change the time. I always say, Kevin, uh, whether it comes to science or whatever, that when the facts change, my opinion changes. And I'm not afraid to say what I thought a year ago was wrong now that I've learned more. And some people voted for Donald Trump because they thought things were going to happen. Those things have not been happening. And I think there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what? I was wrong. I made a mistake going forward. I'll rectify that. But people don't want to do that. They don't want to admit they were wrong. Well, given the poll numbers of where the president currently stands, I think that if we went back and redid the election of 2016 today, we'd see a different result. But the fact of the matter is you still have that core, that base of Donald Trump supporters who, as you said, would believe anything that comes out of his mouth, no matter how ridiculous it may be. And that's why you know, the, the 2020 election is – uh, many moons away from today. And during the last presidential election, we saw Hillary on one side. We saw Bernie on the other. There was some Jill Stein thrown in the mix. Um, you know, different different sections of the Democratic Party um, all wanting their side to be heard. I understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's what makes politics great that um, we can all have be, belong to the same party or even different parties and have different ideas. But once a nominee is selected... I think you have to support that. That's what, what didn't happen in 2016. Um, people held grudges. People voted for a third-party candidate. Nothing good ever comes from voting for a third-party candidate, now, well, at least on the presidential level. Um, you know, at the other levels, like the Senate, House, or Governor, whatever, that, you know, that's a different ballgame. But when it comes to the White House, just the way our government is set up, a third-party candidate is not going to win. I know it's a protest vote for some people, but you have to realize that when you vote for a third-party candidate, you're helping out 
the, the, the one of the other two candidates that you like the least. If you voted for Jill Stein, it means you likely would have rather had Hillary than Trump. So by Billy voting for Jill Stein, you're hurting Hillary. And uh, I think going forward, we have to just we have to stop that. We have to coalesce around around the the person who was nominated. I don't even know how I got in the subject. I'm sorry, Kevin. Well, you know, no harm, no foul, Jess. I mean, I think you're absolutely right that, you know, especially when we complain that in a presidential election, our vote doesn't matter because of things like the Electoral College. Your vote really does matter. And you see the number that third party uh, votes take away from the major party candidates. And whether you like it or not, we have a two party system, especially at the presidential level. So if you want if you really dislike one side over the other, then you need to use your vote wisely and know how to play the game. You want to vote third party at a local level, as you said, then that's a little bit different. But in the national level, at the presidential level, you've got to be smart with the vote. And I'm sure there's a number of Stein voters and other third party candidate voters out there that are kicking themselves right now that Donald Trump is in the White House. That actually was a small plot point on the last season of American Horror Story, which focused on the aftermath of the election. Um, turns out you know, this, my married couple found out her her uh, wife married or voted for Jill Stein, and she lost her mind. So, <laughs> All right, we got a couple more things we're going to go through uh, really quickly here um, concerning um, some of this tax uh, legislation that was recently passed. I know the details of taxes better than anybody. Better than the greatest CPA, I know the details of healthcare better than most, better than most. And if I didn't, I couldn't have talked all these people into doing it ultimately only to be rejected. It is so stupid. Um, the story that we've heard over and over and over again with people dealing with this stuff, with taxes, with health care, is that they're shocked with how little he understands these issues. I mean, this is coming from both sides, Republicans and Democrats. And again, a normal person wouldn't say, well, I know more than anybody. I, you know, I know a lot about a lot of things, but I'm not an expert in a lot of these things. There are people who know more than me, and there's no shame in saying that. I, I, I worked in Congress. There are staffers for congressmen and women, senators, uh, presidents, for a reason. They're, they meet with lobbyists for a reason because these people, it's their job to be the experts then inform the elected officials. Why can't you just say what normal people say? Well, apparently they couldn't get a children's book illustrator to come up with enough charts and graphs and pictures uh, to put it into a version that the president would understand. Really? It's a Trump tax plan, good. Other things, bad. That's that's an easy way to do it. All right, uh, quickly, two more things here. Uh, he said Paul Manafort only worked for him for a, for a few months. He leaves out the fact that Manafort, who, by the way, is under indictment right now, was his campaign manager when he secured the nomination and accepted it at the GOB convention. So it's not like he was like, just there for a day and left. He was there at the, one of the most crucial times in the campaign, and now he's like, oh, I, I don't remember that guy. Who, who's he? I never met him. It's ridiculous. Again, ridiculous. Oh, Manafort. Manafort, uh, if you saw in the news, he he got a little bit of a Christmas bonus. He was allowed by a judge to go to his home in the Hamptons uh, for the Christmas holiday. How sweet. He should enjoy it. It might be one of his last there. And then finally in this section, he said, I was for Luther Strange and brought Strange up 20 points. Just to understand, when I endorsed him, he was in fifth place. Which is funny, I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, he went way up, almost 20 points, but he fell a little short. And by the way, when I endorsed Roy Moore, he went up. It was a much closer race. So uh, if you look at the polls, they indicate that Trump's endorsement made little difference uh, in the race. And Luther Strange actually lost to Moore by a greater margin than polls suggested at the time that Trump endorsed him. And uh, Trump says that, that he was in fifth place. Well, there were only three candidates in the GOP primary, so he couldn't have been in fifth place. 
hmm. counting not his strong suit. He must be a hell of a horseshoe player, though. Like, I got close. I got really close. I'm really good. Horseshoes and hand grenades. Those are the only things that count when it comes to close. Oh, well, I'm sure he'll give another impromptu uh, uh, interview sometime soon, so we'll be on the watch and bring that to you. Uh, moving on, one of the biggest fights, and we talked about this a few minutes ago, that we're going to see this year in Congress is over the Deferred Action of Childhood Arrivals Program, or more popularly known as DACA. The people who are affected by this program are usually referred to as dreamers. Uh, DACA, if you aren't familiar with it, though we've talked about it on the podcast in the past, um, is an Obama-era program that allows certain immigrants who are brought to the United States legally as children stay here to work or go to school. I mean, these are immigrants who are, yes, they are technically here illegally, but uh, it's not their fault that they were here. They were children when they were brought over. And for all intents and purposes, they're as American as you and I are. I mean, they were, grew up here. Right. They're called DREAMers because it stands for Development, Relief, and Education for Alien Minors. Uh, but moreover, these are people who still believe in the idea of the American dream, that they can come here, they can make a better life for themselves, get educated, advance uh, in careers, which is something that the president and many other right-wingers believe is dead. But these are the people driving our country, and especially the fact that these were people who were brought here through no fault of their own, as minors, as children. And now they're here wanting to invest in our country. Why are we concerned with trying to get rid of them? I mean, I understand the basic idea behind, you know, why we don't like illegal immigration. I mean, there are, there are people here who come here and, and don't do, uh, they don't want to be part of society. They're just a scourge on, on the American people. But these aren't those. These are the equivalent of people coming over on a boat from Europe and seeing the Statue of Liberty there and being happy that they're in a better land and that they're excited to become Americans. These are people who are here because they are American, whether, uh, you know, officially or not. When they think of themselves, they think of themselves as Americans. Americans. Now, Democrats wanted this to be included at the end of the year deal to keep the federal government open, uh, but Republicans have been adamant that any deal on DACA must include funding and, and more stuff for the wall, which is it's not going to happen. And Tuesday morning, Trump tweeted out, Democrats are doing nothing for DACA, just interested in politics, DACA activists. Uh, and Hispanics will go hard against Dems and will start, quote-unquote, falling in love, that's weird, uh, with Republicans and their president. We are about results. Now, I don't know about you, Kevin. I feel comfortable saying that that's, that's not going to happen. No, probably not because, you know, to Donald Trump, Mexicans are bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists, and he assumes that some might be good people. Yeah, they're they're murderers. They come here and uh, he had a, he had a line. Who who? Somebody's doing the raping. It's it's, it's them. Uh, he's demonized Democrats. I mean, excuse me, he's demon, well, he has demonized Democrats, but he's demonized Republicans since the beginning of his campaign. I remember he suggested a federal judge of Mexican heritage was going to be biased against him, which, again, that's not how judging, being a judge works. Um, conversely, Democrats have been working to help Dreamers very publicly uh, for a long time, and the White House is very publicly been standing in the way. And honestly, I don't even think it's Ryan or McConnell. I think if you had a generic Republican in the White House, uh, this stuff gets done, but you know, we don't have a generic White House. Republican in the White House. We have Donald Trump. Um, so I really don't know, you know, when when and if this is going to get done. I mean, I think it has to. He's kind of kicked the ball down the road when he ended this program and gave six months uh, to do something about it. I think he just doesn't want it to be his problem. Well, Jess, while DACA didn't come to be uh, official policy until the well into the Obama administration, it's something that was around for a while and at one time received a bit of bipartisan support. 
It was originally promoted and introduced by Senators Orrin Hatch of Utah and Dick Durbin of Illinois back in 2001, and Congress always found some way to block it until uh, 2012. Now, I know you're chomping at the bit here to talk about your <laughs> your former uh, colleague, if you will, Orrin Hatch, um, but let me just say this. According to NBC News, there have been some 800,000-plus young adults who have applied since this program's inception. They cannot have a serious criminal history. They must have arrived before the year 20, uh, 2007 and been under the age of 16 when they came. I've been teaching now for 12 years. I've taught students in Houston. I've taught students of Hartford. I've taught in places where I know that I have had people who have applied for DACA. These are good people. Don't think for a second that the way that the president of the United States characterizes these people as being accurate. These are some of the hardest working, most engaged Americans, and I will call them that, because that is what they choose to be. And they are doing everything in their power to make this a more permanent home for themselves so that they can positively impact our nation. There is no reason why we should be going out of our way to try to rid them. You said it. We want the best and brightest here in America, and many of his people fall into that category. Um, but I think when some people in government see these immigrants, they don't. They see the color of their skin. They see what the country they come from. I mean, we don't see Trump calling for people from England who are here illegally to get kicked out. So uh, this this is a fight that's going to ramp up, I think, pretty early this year. Uh, who knows when it'll be resolved? I guess they have to resolve it unless they extend the six month deadline. A little further, but I, I, I think this is one where the, the American people and, and a lot of GOP uh, congressmen back, I don't know if they're publicly back, but I think they back what the uh, Democrats are trying to do. And again, this this is shouldn't be a partisan question. This should be about what's right. And, uh, you know, we, we like to pride ourselves. It's part of it's ingrained in our national identity that Americans do what's right. And uh, this is, I think, a place where we have to come out and do what's right, do what we say we are, you know, put our money where our mouth is. Well, you, you brought up – I can talk about it now separately from Doc. You brought up Orrin Hatch, who today announced that he's going to be – or not resigning, but retiring. He's been in Congress or in the Senate since 1977, longer than I've been alive, longer than you've been alive. Uh, so it's probably time for him to go. Um, I think people know I used to work with him on the Senate Finance Committee. He actually took over the committee after I left. Um, but he was always quiet and seemed nice enough when I was there. He's done some things in the last – year or so that I haven't particularly cared for, but I really have nothing against him. I wrote a paper on him in uh, in, in college, the Orrin Hatch, the right wing and song singing center from the state that just hosted the 2002 Winter Olympic Games, Go America. And uh, I actually, I think I freaked him out. A couple years after I worked in the Senate, I was back there as a lobbyist and I wasn't wearing my glasses and I'm walking down my old hallway and someone was walking towards me and I figured maybe this is somebody I used to work with. So I'm kind of like squinting and staring and as I got a little closer, I saw that it was Senator Hatch who was looking at me kind of like, why is this guy staring at me and a little nervous and said, hello. And I said, oh, hello, Senator. And I ran away basically. So goodbye, Orrin Hatch. 
And by the way, uh, Mitt Romney might try to run for his seat, and he's been a little antagonistic towards President Trump. So that would be kind of interesting, too, to see Senator Romney, if, uh, if Republicans are going to get it. Um, why not? <laughs> could make for some good political theater. I'd be interested to watch. Yeah, or he could just give in, which I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to more Trump stuff this time with the DOJ. We saw what he said with the DOJ earlier on in the New York Times interview. Um, it's been almost a year since he's been in the White House. We, we've said that a few times as well. And, you know, much like uh, uh, some movie cowboys, he just can't quit Hillary, it seems. going to say Q broke back mountain. That might uh, <laughs> scare some of his base. But. <laughs> um, Tuesday morning, he tweeted out, Crooked Hillary... Clinton's top aide, Huma Abedin, has been accused of disregarding basic security protocols. She put classified passwords into the hands of foreign agents. Remember sailors' pictures on the submarine? Jail! Deep State Justice Department must finally act. Question mark for some reason. Also on Comey and others. So here we have Trump going against Mrs. the ex-Mrs. Wiener and my, my homie Comey. And I, it's just so weird. First of all, Things he capitalizes in these tweets and his use of punctuation is very, very odd. Uh, a lot of this seems to be coming from a Daily, Daily, Cardo, excuse me, a Daily Caller article, um, which is a far-right website that was started by uh, Tucker Carlson. It said that Hugh Huma um, had forwarded State Department emails to her personal Yahoo account, and those emails um, were included in pat with passwords to government systems and so on and so forth. Um, I don't know how much of this is actually provable, but that never stops internet articles. Yeah, CNN's Chris Saliza pointed out uh, today that, as you said, this would seem to stem from the Daily Caller article that because Huma forwarded messages uh, with passwords to her Yahoo account and that because Yahoo was hacked, therefore she gave Russia access to classified government systems. It's an if and or but scenario, you know, A plus B equals – I'm not so sure it was that uh, – that dramatic. Yeah, all, all the while, his son is meeting with people from Russia. So yeah, there's nothing Correct. Sh- shady going on. And I guess he's just still pissed off at Comey for, for, you know, for not backing him, not jumping when he was told to. He should be happy. I mean, Comey for you know trying to be the ultimate Boy Scout basically gave him the election most likely uh, when he when he you know put out the report about the Anthony Weiner emails, which really came to nothing. But uh, you know, he, he's not happy unless. You kiss the ring, and I guess that's something that well, obviously Huma was going to do, but it's something that Comey's not going to do either. So I just wonder the point in all this. I, after all these years, we always say he's crazy. I, I just don't know if he's crazy like a fox, and he's putting these things out there to you know make our attention go elsewhere, or whether he's just crazy. I think maybe there might be a combination of both involved. Could be, and and we keep saying we have to wait and see what the end game or the end goal here is, but. Um... I don't know. Right now, the barometer seems to be leading more towards just crazy. I really think my New Year's resolution should be that I shouldn't be so surprised when these crazy things happen. I mean, I, I've been saying that for a year, but it just gets me every time. Um, just when I think he can't go crazy, boom, he does something and totally uh, surprises me. So, uh, you know, I'm used to not keeping my uh, New Year's resolutions any more than a month or so. So why not make that mine? I don't know. So that's a lot of the crazy that's been happening in just the last few days. I'm sure even more will be ramping up as we reach into the new year and Congress starts getting their mojo on. So what do we have for Kevin's Corner? Well, Jesse, as we enter a new year and approach the one-year mark of the Trump presidency, it's important that we take a second to remind ourselves that this is not normal. 
Many prominent people, including Dan Rather, Senator Jeff Flake, John Oliver, and even former presidents Barack Obama and George W. Bush have cautioned us to not let the current president's behavior and style become the status quo. To accept a president that is reckless with his words, that believes his authority to be absolute, and who regularly discredits the free press as fake news, all while regularly ignoring facts and spouting misinformation himself, is irresponsible on the part of the American citizen. Bearing in mind the words of Benjamin Franklin that we have been given a republic if we can keep it, it is our job to be the watchdogs over this democracy. Stay engaged, stay woke, be informed, and keep listening. There's nobody more woke than me, Kevin. Come on. Except maybe me. <laughs> I actually hate the term woke. <laughs> that's that's a story for another day. Well, I, I agree with everything you said, Kevin. Um, you know, I tell you, I couldn't be happier to be doing this podcast with you as we enter 2018. There's nobody I'd rather be doing it with. And there's nobody I'd rather be listening to us than I'm going to dub our listeners right now Grabbies. So thank you to all our Grabbies out there who are listening. If you can think of a better term, I'm happy to hear it. But come on. Can't be potty. There's too many things called pot out there, and can't be them's right. So grabbies make sense. So <laughs> go to our website at uh, grabthembythepod.com. You can join us at our Patreon account. Maybe give us a buck or two if you'd be so so inclined. You can see pictures of us. You can find all of our social media links, all of our podcast links, and just find you know a lot of great stuff about Kevin and Jesse at Grab Them by the Pod. So uh, until next episode, Kevin, I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk to you then. Later. Later.